Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Uh, it be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in cyber. That would be a little weird. Mm. Unless the coffee was virtual. They have Cyber Monday specials, I'm sure, at uh, at Strange. They do. I'm sure they do. Yeah, so. I know that Shane is uh, very up to speed on the uh, on the cyberspace. Do people still call it a cyberspace? I don't know if that's the case or not. Yeah. Al Gore's internet. I still refer to it as that from, from time to time. Uh, wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Just go to the website, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and pick something up. And don't forget, when you support Strange Brew Coffeehouse, hey, you support the Bulldog Initiative. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. And it's just as simple as this, guys. The holidays are going to be upon us. You're a Mississippi State fan. You might be an Ole Miss fan listening in. If you are, you got to buy your Christmas gifts. You know everybody wants new stuff. College Corner is the place to get it. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. Another great gift idea, by the way, is a Restaurant Tyler gift card. I just go and tell you right now, if Santa puts a restaurant Tyler gift card in my stocking, I'll be the happiest boy ever. As you should. It's a Christmas miracle. So, just just an idea. You know, if anybody's listening that's going to buy me gifts, you can that, that would be one I would be very happy to receive. And you would too, because it entitles you to a meal at Starkville's best restaurant. For lunch, for dinner, or Sunday brunch, they're all right there under one roof. The best meal in town is at restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi. They are here to serve you. They are here to help build strong communities. That's what community banking is all about. It's just like eating locally and shopping locally. When you bank locally, that builds your town into a more attractive place to live, like a better place to live. And that's what everybody's everybody's just trying to get by out there. We we could be we could be have we could have better. And when it starts with having a strong community, and you do that by banking at places like Priority One. 16 locations throughout Central Mississippi means one is near you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. 
I'm going to give a uh, social media suggestion here. I think some of you guys are on the for you and not on the following. And so you're not seeing everything because I tweeted at eight o'clock on uh, Monday night that, hey, made a decision. We, we're not going to do the rumblings today. We're going to do a basketball preview. We haven't done one yet, and we need to get that done with the first men's game about to tip off. The first women's game has already happened. Sixteen and a half hours later, I'm still getting rumblings questions. Like, what do you I, I blame? For? I blame you for that. Do you now? I do. So you do then? <laughs> yes. You broke your word. It's supposed to be rumblings. Right, that, 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 that. Okay. All right. Hold on. Not everybody is constantly looking I, at your tweets. I but don't, people know on Tuesdays. I don't. We record have, the rumblings. There's no, there's no blood oath that Wednesday is the rumblings. This is when we we normally do it, but sometimes things come up that we have to do. I mean, well, if Zach Arnett got fired today, would you have been like, hey, we still got to do the rumblings? Well, that's completely different, and it you is, know that. But my point is that it's But the, here's the, here's the thing, though. When you say, you say, all right, send in your questions tomorrow for the rumblings. And then I made a command decision. Every, but but not every are people supposed to go to your page every five minutes and refresh? Not I would everybody think- in sixteen and a half hours, if yeah, but not everybody Twitter, saw. If you're not everybody Twitter saw you send me the question, you can find where I said, "Hey, don't do that." I'm just not going to blame these people for that. Yes, you have certainly never blamed MSU fans for anything. No, well, again, let's not bring you're 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 bringing in situations that aren't relevant right here. They're irrelevant. Erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. All right. Well, I, you know what? Basketball. I'll take the heat. Like I said, I made a command decision that we needed to do this, and we do. Yeah. Let's start with the ladies, to be honest with you, because you've seen them. You got to see them. First First off, I guess let's really start with the Humphrey Coliseum. You got to finally take it in last night, the, the new and, and improved and renovated Humphrey Coliseum. Just give me your, your, give me your 60-second thoughts on what you saw uh, in the new arena? I I thought it was significantly better than what most of us thought it would be. Okay. There was a cry for, you know, an outrage over state spending all this money just to not do hardly anything. It was stated they just put in some seats in there. No, there's a, there's a massive upgrade inside the concourse. And, there's a lot of people that, you know, didn't like everything in there. I get it. A lot of a lot of people thought that it was uh, you know, meh. And there's some other things that they could have done, I think. But the things that they did do, I really liked. There's basically three different entrances, I think now. There's an entrance on the side of the the hump facing the Sanderson. Um, then there's an entrance on the Mize Pavilion side where people, you know, usually come in over there. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that goes into the club level over there as well. So, I mean, you're not going to see a whole lot of backed up uh, lines and stuff like that. I think it's going to be, you know, free flowing and pretty easy to get in. When you walk into the stadium, it's a um, huge concourse entrance, mm-hmm. uh, just about them every interest as you come through. Um, high ceilings, big video boards, nice signage, stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think it just looks really nice. 
they upgraded a lot of the bathrooms. The the concourse is more walk walkable. You can breathe a little bit. Some sections you come out and it's um, you know open concourse where you can see straight through. There's I think maybe two sections that you come through and it's kind of wide open. I wish it was wide open 360, but you know I, I don't know the logistics of that and how difficult that would be. And then the uh, club level obviously is very nice. Big open area, lots of tables to sit at, a bar, catering, um, you know, some places to stand and watch the game from up there in the club level. And then I think two or three sections of seats beneath that that are more cushioned seats, very similar to the black seats that you saw down towards the floor usually. So it's really it's really nice. I mean, it, the, the arena looks different. Even in the bowl of the arena, I don't know if it was a fresh coat of paint or what, but it just looks nicer, more up-to-date. They've added some LED boards. There's some kinks to work through there. They've added LED lights in there for – light shows there's going to be some more additions that they're adding to um the experience there so uh you know i like it i think it's going to be a nice little atmosphere for mississippi state basketball and you can you can argue that they that they should have built a new arena i get that i mean building a new arena would have been astronomical from a price standpoint and i'm kind of with some of the people that say you know the hump is the structure itself is still very good it's a very good structure. They don't make that arena very often anymore. Um, every seat in the place is a pretty good view. There's a few places where you're obstructed by, you know, a you know a rail or something. I get that, but for the most part, you can sit in the upper deck and have a really good view, um, just the same as you can sitting courtside. So I, I like the hump as it is. I love the acoustics in the building. I think renovating it, uh, you know, now that I've seen it, I think that was the right call. And there's some more things that they could do with it. But I think that what they did with with it was the right call. And uh, we'll see if they can continue to kind of upgrade the experience there. Very interesting comments, I'll be honest with you, because I thought you might come in and come out with a, a different attitude about it. And it seems to it's, they seem to have turned you around. I'll be on there. I'll be there, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Saturday for the first men's game. So I will uh, have my thoughts on that uh, when I when I when I make my my first appearance. Speaking of that, most important question: Where are we sitting? We've actually moved across the arena. I, I saw from your pictures. I was like, "That's the other side of the the hump." It's basically the same spot, mm-hmm. like the corner, but it's on the other end. So we're right above the band. How's that yeah. for noise? Um, I mean, it's loud, but hey. eh, okay. I mean, and then what are we gonna say? They've are, they've are our seats like don't value. Like I, I just felt like they kind of just threw it together prior. Like, is it like so? Eating it is more like it looks better. Like mm-hmm. how they set it up, like it's white. Mm-hmm. It's all white up there, so it looks a little cleaner mm-hmm. and not just like throwing together tables and stuff. And they've put in like some outlets so it's not like those just those silver boxes like sitting exposed so they put a little more effort into it but we got the same chairs i mean i i just uh, it is what it is at this point I and mean, the media are just diminishing 
in the eyes of athletic departments at this point. So, I mean, I get it. They just kind of threw us off to the side, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing it on uh, on Saturday. So let's talk about the women. First uh, game of the season, they got out to a very easy win over Alcorn. My, my question with, to you would be, you know, I've seen Mississippi State play teams like Alcorn and win like 100 to 40 sometimes. Mm-hmm. Was it easy enough for you? Yeah, I mean, it was – It was. they were never in the game. I mean, they dominated that ball game from start to finish. It wasn't very clean. But what I'll say about it is that there's so many new players on this team. It looked like Sam Purcell was just putting different lineups out there. He had 11 players play in the first quarter. So that tells you kind of what what you should think about that is – he was playing everybody, seeing who performed uh, up to snuff. A, a lot of play from the freshmen, a lot of play from the transfers. It was really sloppy on the offensive end, but it was a game that were that was never in doubt. And I can't really be upset about it when considering, you know, they dominated it from start to finish, and they have so many new faces. They're trying to figure it all out. This is the time to do that. You can do that against Alcorn State. Three Bulldogs with double, not just in double figures, but with double doubles. <laughs> Michaela Jordan having a, a career night. Um, you know, what did you? Let's start with the veterans. What did you think about her and Jessica Carter and the way they played? Michaela was great. I mean, she was the only one I thought that played super clean the whole game. Like she came out, was locked in and was good from start to finish. And she could have outscored Alcorn if they really wanted to give her the ball mm-hmm. uh, in the second half. And I think Purcell even mentioned post game like he was telling them to get it to her because she was the hot hand. She had like 20 at halftime. Mm-hmm. But she was passing down some of those shots to get the ball to other players. And he said he liked that, but, you know, he wanted his other players to find a good shot for her because she was – just on fire. She had 26. Uh, she was three off her career high. She had a career high in rebounds at 13. She's a player that nobody talks about outside of the SEC, unless it's like a broadcaster or something mm-hmm. like calling the game. The people that follow women's basketball, they just don't talk about her enough. It's you know all about Jessica Carter. And she is kind of the, sh- the straw. You know, she makes everything go for Mississippi State. She does it on – both sides of the ball. She's very rarely considered like an all SEC player, but I think she might be Mississippi State's best player overall. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to see her this year. She looks locked in. I mean, whether it be before the game, after the game, during the game, like all the time, she looks like she's locked in and just focused in on having a big year. And then from the the newcomers, the big night went to I, if I mess up her name, screw you know, let me know. Aaron Barnum, yeah, okay, thirteen points and eleven rebounds for her, including seven offensive rebounds. State with twenty nine offensive rebounds in this game. That is an incredible uh, number of the of the newcomers. Seventy rebounds, yeah, was the most since oh nine. I mean, they didn't have that with Tierra McCowan. Plus thirty six. Am I doing the math right here? Yeah, plus thirty six. In the rebounding column, State could have just had offensive rebounds. They could have not rebounded a single defensive uh, 
one and still would have only been minus six uh, in the rebounding. Um, of the of the newcomers, obviously she stood out, but what did you like from the others that you saw? Um, you know, still early on the freshman, I I was really impressed with what I saw from a physical standpoint from uh, near Montag Montag Montag. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get the pronunciation on that. Um, and I'm I'm just I mean, calling if we her go by the Shakespearean produ- pronunciation, it's Montague. Oh, well, maybe it is. All right. Um, I'm going to have to get the pronunciation on that. Uh, and I'm just calling her near. So yeah. Her, her teammates are calling her near, near. Near, near is her nickname. I'll yeah. just call her near, near or near. Okay. But she is really impressive from an athletic standpoint. Um, I'll just say, like, I've seen a lot of six six women's basketball players that have trouble running up and down the court, moving laterally, you know, feet aren't great. She makes like she makes that look really easy being six six. Um and it's that's something that you can't teach. That's a that's a tool to her game that, you know, you you can't you you just get a player like that is kind of like once in a you know blue moon. And Tierra McCallum was like that to an extent, but even Tierra was not as swift as this. She's she's really light on her feet. She can um, handle the ball. There's a lot to like about her. She, I mean, she had two points, so she didn't set the world on fire. Five rebounds, but I really like the the ability that she possesses. And Purcell mentioned it. She's in a difficult spot this year. She like it's going to be hard for her to get playing time. She's playing behind Jessica Carter. Aaron Barnum and Romani Parker. And it's going to be difficult for her as the year goes on to get that playing time. So, you know, she's going to have to be patient. She's, she might get frustrated some this year with her playing time and things like that, but there's a lot to work with there. And I really like the other two freshmen too, Miracle Shepard and Jasmine Brown Hager. Uh, both of them played a lot of minutes. Jasmine plays super hard, didn't have a great night shooting. I think she might have been like one for eight. So, wasn't like super impressed there, but plays hard, plays defense. Um, I really like her grit, and Miracle's kind of the same way. And then the the transfers, you know, Aaron Barnum had a double double, and I didn't think she played particularly great, but she had a double double. Um, I would like to see more from uh, the other two, but I thought Lauren Park Lane showed a few things that was really exciting. A couple of runners uh, that she made. A uh, nice play in transition. She had seven assists. So I think this team has a lot of great pieces. It's just figuring out how to mesh them all together. Are you concerned by the stat that stands out to me? Four of 24 three-point shooting. Uh, Ja'Kayla Jordan makes two of them, so the rest of the team is uh, two of 17. Yeah, it was a bad night. I, I'm not super concerned because I know that a lot of those players can shoot. You know, DeBrisha Poe can shoot. Uh, Lauren Park Lane can shoot. I think Jasmine Brown can shoot. Like, they have shooters. Jerkella Jordan, they have shooters on this team. It's just that they they just had a bad night, I think, a little rusty. Um, and they, they stack about five of those games together. Then, yeah, we might have to be concerned a little bit. So let's talk big picture with this team. Uh, you know, back in action on Friday against Southeastern Louisiana. When I look at their non-conference schedule, I mean, I'll, I'll be 
I won't lie to you and say I know a ton about uh, women's college basketball, but you know, Clemson, Power Five, Miami and the ACC SEC Challenge, so two ACC teams on the schedule there. Um, and then they had in Miami's a uh, was a Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight team last year. They still have those the, those girls left, and then those twin girls that were like big influencers. Yeah, the Cavenders. Yeah, yeah, they, they're out now. Yeah, w- they went to the WWE. Right, and one of them is now entering the portal and going to try to play another year. So I'm, I don't know. I don't know what work. they're doing other than it's going to work. I think once influencing you leave, TikTok, you're kind of out anyway. You know, we, we've been talking so much about how this the men's team needs to survive without Tolu, and then they get to the non-conference. So, looking at their non-conference, I mean, the Miami game, that game is in Starkville, but you, you're saying it's going to be a tough game. It, 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 one or two losses maximum in here, or are, are there something that concerns you? Yeah, that you know, I would say more than two losses would be an issue. They They need to rack up some wins here. I mean... Belmont is usually a good team, a tough team, and they're playing that on the road. And, you know, Clemson, you know, they've had a a couple of good teams in the past, but that's a winnable game in Texas uh, at a neutral site. And uh, then Miami, like that's – those are the games that you got to get through. And it seems like it's that way every year, that Thanksgiving week is always the troublesome part for Mississippi State. That's the time where they get challenged because they play those neutral site games. So that stretch there with Belmont on the road, Clemson that like play in Tulsa, Houston. I mean, they replaced. I think Clemson and Tulsa replaced. I forget who the two teams were. Gonzaga, I think, was one of them. That was going to be a much tougher game. So the games are now a lot easier for them to maneuver through. But that stretch from November nineteenth to the 29th, if they get through that undefeated, then you're in that range of, okay, this team can host first two rounds if they're able to get through that. And then you look at the conference itself. You know, we, we saw a, a game yesterday, uh, South Carolina, which is a team that, you know, it's South Carolina. So, you know, you're in here out there going to be really good. But there had been some talk that maybe this is going to be a good but not great South Carolina team. Then they go and beat a top 10 opponent by 30, almost 30 points. Uh, you know, is, is it South Carolina's league again? Is LSU LSU week night one drops a game to Colorado after all the hype that they had? Really weird start to the season for women's college basketball in the SEC. Yeah, I'm not super surprised by South Carolina um, doing what they did. I mean, you know, Dawn Staley has built an incredible program, and she's continued to recruit great players. Um, she lost some really good experienced players, but I mean this crew looks pretty darn good too. So not surprised by that. I'm I'm not overly shocked by LSU either because I think that it's going to be tough for them to navigate having like four superstars. That's not easy to do. We've seen that in different sports. Having a uh, a, a roster full of you know, alphas is that can be tough, especially if you're not. I mean, you can say it all you want to, like we're, you know, we all are focused on a championship. We all want the same thing. But at the end of the day, you, you might want to win championships, but you also want the ball in your hands too. Who's going to take the shot at the end of the game? Is it going to be Angel Reese? Is it going to be Haley Van Lith? Is it going to be Anicia Moro? Like, 
that's going to be uh, that's going to be something that's going to come up, and that's the trouble you get whenever you recruit star players like that. You need the you know how many times we talked about needing the Brandon Vincent like you need those yeah. kind of players on your team. You need the Cam Matthews on your team, uh, and you know for Mississippi State like back in the day what Vic Schaefer did, there was one maybe two star players on that team. Everybody else knew their role and they played it well. That and I think that is that's the most important thing. So we'll see if how that plays out. They're still going to be really good. They're going to roll through. They should roll through the rest of this comp, non-conference. It's a pitiful schedule outside that Colorado game. Um, so they should roll through, and you know they'll they'll beat up on a lot of the SEC teams too. It's just what happens when they meet some of those elite teams uh, down the stretch of the season. With this team, with this Mississippi State team, you know they, they, they've got the burden of expectations this year that they did not have a, a season ago. You know, are, are they prepared for that? Because you know, Purcell, I, I would just I would say, right, he comes across as a little quirky. We'll just, we'll just put it that way, right? Is he the kind of guy that when when the pressure is on, he can he can elevate this team in the way they play to play at a top twenty five level all season long? Yeah, that remains to be seen. This is they were kind of you know underdogs last year. They hadn't really done anything for a couple of seasons, so that that's kind of the big question is now that they've moved inside the top twenty-five, they're on the radar nationally. There's going to be some teams hunting them a little bit, and how does this team handle that? That's that's going to be the biggest question that needs to be answered this year for Sam Purcell because this is a a little bit different than what he experienced last year. And for these players, you know, Jessica Carter is like the last remaining link. I guess she is. She is the last remaining link to the uh, to the Vic Schaefer days. And now you, you, you've you really got a fresh start. This is really Sam Purcell's team. Like I said, Carter is the only last remaining link. Do they have that? Do they do they also have that the the mentality? You know, I've, I've it's difficult sometimes with women's sports because it, it feels like it's more fun sometimes. And I don't know how, how if, I, if I'm making my point right or not, but it just feels like. With the men's sports, sometimes I feel like it's just every every moment is just a grind. It's a grind, it's a grind. And then you watch women's sports, and they, they seem like they're having more fun out there sometimes. But when the, the chips are down, do you do you believe in this team's ability to win the big games that they're going to have to win this season? Yeah, they, I, they have to prove that. that This is a nice collection of talent. And, it you know, State is kind of like LSU in some ways. It's They have significantly more talent and higher-end talent, but you brought in – you know, one of the leading scorers in the Big East, another player that was, you know, one of the leading scorers on her team and Darion Rogers. You brought in um, All-SEC, Ford, and Aaron Barnum, who was the team's leading scorer. That's three players that were, if not the best player on their team, the second best player on their team. Plus, you have Jessica Carter. Plus, you have Jaquella Jordan. There's a lot of players here that they want the ball in their hands, just like LSU does. Can everybody mold into a nice, cohesive unit? That's that's kind of what has to be done. You have to become one unit to play on Sam Purcell's catchphrase. You have to become one unit, and everybody has to be moving in the right direction, know their role, and realize what's best for the team. And we haven't seen enough of this team yet to know if they can do that. But just like LSU, I think Mississippi State is going to have a really good year. How good a year 
is going to be determined by how they come together as a team. So where do you where do you think this team ends up then? Let's make the let's put our predictions on the record. I think obviously they're going to be a tournament team again. How far into that tournament can they go? I had state fifth in the SEC preseason uh, when I voted on that. Um, and that's just because I think you got LSU, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ole Miss. You have some really talented teams, and some of those teams are are older teams. Tennessee's got a ton of returning talent. Uh, I think Texas A&M is a really talented team this year, and I think they can factor in that top five. So I think State's a top five team in the SEC. Is that good enough to get you a host? I don't know because it hasn't gotten Ole Miss a host, and they've been kind of top five or around there. So it, it just depends on who they beat, what that net ranking is and all that. But I think this team is capable of being a top four seed in the NCAA tournament and hosting those first two games. They need to dominate this non-conference slate, hopefully get through it with you know no more than one loss, and then 10 to 12 wins in the SEC, you're going to be in good position. I'm interested to see where they go. I'm interested to see uh, th- this team because I think that they're th- this is a very high ceiling team for me. I think the men are more of a low floor team for me. I feel yeah. like you know I-, I have an idea of where they're going to be, and I but I'm not really sure if they can be a team that stretches it and takes it into the the second weekend. This is a team. I feel like their floor is lower. It could go wrong, but at the same time, I feel like they they are the better. They, I, if you said which of these two teams is going to make the Sweet Sixteen, I might I would say the women. I think. I would feel comfortable yeah. about the women doing that. And it's just, uh, I mean, let's be let's be frank. It's it's easier. It's an easier path for the women's team mm-hmm. than it is the men. They've they've proven it before. And when the women's game is, it's it's easier to navigate through. I think. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. And you know, you look at last year and a team that you know had to play in the play-in game, but then they end up being a a you know, a team that gets into the second round and had a great chance to, to advance to that Sweet 16. So I expect big things from this this uh, program this season. This this program is such a crazy program in that they're what? this is Purcell is their fourth coach in four years or in five years, something like that. And yet they're only five years rem- removed from being in the Elite Eight and seven years removed from playing in back-to-back national championship games. Yeah, they're still relevant in the yeah, national. They are. They absolutely are. So, should be a fun season. It's already started off, and like I said, back at it. Uh, Friday, southeastern Louisiana uh, tip off scheduled for. I just had it right here. Six thirty p.m. at the uh, on the Humphrey Coliseum. State doesn't travel until that game. Robbie mentioned November the nineteenth uh, against uh, Belmont and Nashville. That is a a lot of games there. That's four four games uh, in the first. Uh, you know, week and a half of the season, so they are they're getting out after it. Uh, yeah, women's basketball. All right, let's let's get to the men. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner, guys, gals. Cook beef. I saw what I'm cooking this weekend, Robbie. It is beef again. I was at the grocery store today. They had a big old eye of round sitting out there, and I was like, "Hey, y'all, y'all gonna have those all week?" And they were. Oh yeah, we, we we got them. I was like, "All right, you're gonna be seeing me." I don't. I'm not buying it today because you know I don't want to put it in the freezer. But I'll be back 
Friday, Saturday for that thing. And they were like, we'll have them. That's where we're going this week. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. So one of these days I'm going to stop by. I want to, I want to, I want to put this out here right now. You always have an open invitation. You, you don't, you don't have to call you. You are, you know, you know, some people in your life, you're like, Hey, I'm coming over or Hey, can I come over? Things like that. You are, you are the one that like you just show up. There you go. There you go. You got, you have that kind of status in my home. Not everybody gets that, but you have. So, so feel free to come over and enjoy eye of round with me on Sunday. So guys, gals, when you're cooking out, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill beef. It's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi beef council. Two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the cotton district is the place to find the smoked Southern soul food that you are looking for. They tweeted out a, a, a picture today. One of the better side dishes in the city of Starkville, their pork belly mac and cheese. So good. I, you know, if you if you if you want something good to go with with whatever you, you know, the food itself is good. Your entree is going to be good. But then when you look at the sides, I mean they have fries, they have sweet potato fries, they have the Mexican street corn, all good. Cheese grits, good. But that pork belly mac and cheese, that's a Brian Haydad favorite right there. I'm just I'm just letting you know. So this uh, this weekend or any weekend when you're going to be in Starkville, make sure you've got a trip. Two Brothers Smoked Meats planned out. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they've been doing it now for 48 years. It just doesn't get any simpler than this. When you take care of your customers, you get to stay open. And that's how Advantage Business Systems has done it for the last half century. That's a long time. So... When you need technology for your business, you give them a call. And then if you need service, you just get to call them back and talk to the people who made you the sale. No 1-800 number, no call centers, no uh, no out-of-state technician you got to make an appointment with. Mississippi people, a lot of times they can fix your problem the exact same day because they're in Mississippi just like you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue. Well, guys, that's just the place to find the next polo or quarter zip you want. With the holidays coming up, if you're looking for something for Dad, a polo from the Rogue is a great, great Christmas gift. Great name brands, fantastic styles, and the logos that you want, the interlocking, the state script, the M over S. It's all right there. starting to get a little chilly outside. If you need a new quarter zip, they've got a great, great, great selection there at the Rogue. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. We talked about it just a second ago. You know, for the men, it really is as simple as, you know, surviving, maybe even thriving a little bit until Tolu Smith gets back. The season starts tonight as you're listening uh, in a game in Chicago, Illinois, uh, 8 o'clock tip-off against the Arizona State uh, Sun Devils, being billed as Brandon Walker versus Bobby Hurley. Don't know why that is. Brandon Walker will not participate in this game uh, in a legally sanctioned manner. Uh, now, and that's not to say he might not come out and, and hit somebody with a steel chair. He is a crazy person, and uh, Robbie and I have both been lucky to survive his presence. Yeah, can it not just be Chris Jans versus Bobby Hurley? I don't, I don't understand how Brandon Walker is getting top billing here. I've got to be totally honest with you. Um, this, is, this is a tough game. Arizona State is a good Team it week in and week or year in and year out. This is a game where 
if State comes out and plays well and gets the win, I'm going to feel really confident about their chances of of making it through uh, to the return of Tolu Smith, which uh, Paul Jones of On3 Re- Re- Sports reported, and On3 is a, a different website than you work for. Uh, it is is he reported that he could, that Tolu could be back, maybe even a little sooner than than we think. And you know, Chris Jans told me on Thunder and Lightning Live a couple weeks ago, mid January was kind of the target date. But if you start talking about like late December and you can get him back like right at the start of conference play, you should be in really really good shape, especially when you consider the experience and the minutes that the other players are going to have to get, especially some younger players and some transfers coming in to to fill the void of Tolu. Potentially, this is one of those things where potentially, I feel like that's the important word, because it could go very wrong and they play poorly without Tolu and they enter conference play with like five or six losses. But potentially, it could become a situation where the loss of Tolu really boosted up the other guys on the team and they took full advantage of it. And then when Tolu does come back, you've got a really tough basketball team to deal with. Yeah, it, it could play out that way. That That's kind of what your that's best case scenario. Yeah, is you navigate game. you navigate the schedule, you get through it, maybe, hopefully, it's like two losses, and you can make it out of this alive, and then you have your star returning, and there, there's going to be a few games too where he's just not 100. percent I mean, we remember a couple of years ago when he went through this and he had that injury, he wasn't right for a while. So you got to consider that, too, the after effects of the injury, getting the rust knocked off. It's going to take a little bit for him to get back into form. So State has got to find a way to win these early games. I I have no clue what to expect from Arizona State. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. This isn't the same team at all from last year. So I I don't know, you know how they're going to mesh. It could be a really good team out of the gates, or they could be kind of rough early. I mean, they're returning, I think, one starter and not really much of anything off the bench. You know, most of the team is transfers. And you got some guys in there, like the guy from Tulsa that was really good at Tulsa, averaged, I think, nearly a double-double. But then you got some guys that came from, you know, junior colleges and – some smaller schools. I don't really know how they're going to translate to this level yet. So it's a uh, it's a bit of an unknown for me, but I feel like it's going to be a game that is going to be ugly for Mississippi State one way or the other. That mm-hmm. that feels like a good bet, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> after last year, yeah, exactly. That feels like a very safe bet. No Shaq, no Tolu, no yeah. Keyshawn. I mean, you're missing three. Guys, two starters and a, and a big reserve off the bench. I just – I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, if State can win this ball game by any means, you take it and, and move on to the next. But uh, this is a big one. This is this is a game – I think Arizona State, especially by the end of the year, this could be a good win for Mississippi State if they're able to do it. Yeah. I mean – But, you know, Bobby Hurley is a good coach. Mm-hmm. He knows basketball. This is going to be a, a well-coached team, I think. So, I, you know, I, I don't know what my prediction would be mm-hmm. on this game coming in. It's kind of a total unknown. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from predictions. But this is a game that could very easily, if State wins, it end up being like a quad two win for them. 
Maybe even a quad yeah. one win, you know, depending on how Arizona State does. It would be shocking if it fell further than a quad two. Yeah. They, they would have to be really bad. Agreed. Um, this uh, this team, you know, when I when I look at them and the way they're con- constructed without Tolu Smith, I just feel, and I asked Chris Jans about this a couple weeks ago, that they are a team that they should probably embrace a little bit more of a fast break transition kind of offense, play their guards, you know, play Hubbard, Taylor, Davis, Shaq Moore when he returns. Cam Matthews and DJ Jeffries are guys who can help stretch the floor, but they're also good rebounders. So you don't, you know, it's not like you're going super small there. But at the same time, I don't know that that's Chris Jans's philosophy. You know, now I, I will say this: I feel like Jans is a coach who can adapt. We talked about it a lot last year that Jans was the coach who said, "Hey, I can," you know. Sort of buck the trend of win your my, win my way, or you know, don't want to lose somebody else's way, or whatever. However, I like to say that I'm, I've got it backwards there, but I don't know that I want. I haven't because I haven't seen him do it. I, I, I want to know if Jans can can be a coach that plays in transition and plays a faster game than he played a season ago. We certainly know he can he can you know squeeze the, all, everything out of the out of the ju- every uh, drop of juice out of the orange at this point. But can he make that change? Do you think Mississippi State can be a team that plays fast, plays a lot of guards, and puts some offense on the board? I just don't know if that's his game. Right. You know, we didn't see it a ton at um, at his last stop either. But I will say this offense has a chance to score significantly more points this year because you have gone out and you've gotten offensive-minded players, guys that can hit shots. You've gotten, you know, guys like Andrew Taylor and um, you went and got, uh, you know, a really dynamic freshman in Josh Hubbard, who I think is going to help this team a lot this year. I think Jaquan Scott's going to help out. I I just – I feel like this offense, and maybe it's just by default, is going to be better. But I really like the pieces that they've added, whether it be from the transfer portal or high school – I like Adrian Myers' future. It, it looks like a team that's going to be able to put more pressure on other teams. You have a really good base in what you do philosophically with the intensity that you have on the defensive side of the ball. You know every night, with the exception of maybe a bad night or two, that your team is going to defend its butt off. And they're going to put a lot of pressure on the other team, and they're going to dirty up a ball game. But this year, you feel like you have guys that can hit those big shots, that can push a lead out or can go step for step. I mean, there were times last year against Alabama and Tennessee where like they had those opportunities there for the taking, and they just couldn't hit the shots. Auburn, uh, I think, v- Vanderbilt, the shots just weren't falling. Oh, the, the Auburn game is the one we all remember. What, 0 of 18? And, and again, yeah. lost by what, six? Missed free throws. Yeah. Oh, free throws was, was another concern last year. You know, if you can hit, if you can be more consistent on the free throw line and hit, a, you know, three or four more three pointers a game, that makes a ton of difference. If your defense is the same or better than it was last year and you're more consistent on the free throw line and you're hitting three or four three pointers more than you did last year, this changes the trajectory of the team. You go from a last team in, last four teams in to a team that's comfortably on the bubble and probably a top 25 team. So that's kind of what's got to be done offensively. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be that the offense is running tempo or anything like that. You just got to execute. 
these possessions have to be executed by Mississippi State and hitting more shots, uh, finishing around the rim, things like that, finishing at the free throw line. Those are big. Yeah. I mean, State last year, it felt like every game, you know, you know, it was a grind, and it was because they just couldn't shoot consistently. And again, we said this so many times last year, it wasn't about being the best shooting team in the country. It was just about being a decent shooting team. They were the worst three-point shooting team in all of college basketball for most of the year. If they had just been, I mean, how many college basketball teams are there? Like 350, right? If they had just been 175th, they would have been an easy four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. So that's what you have to hope the addition of Andrew Taylor, the addition of Josh Hubbard, and another year for for Moore, for Jeffries, for Rams Davis to to become by the way, I I I don't I still don't know why his nickname is Rams. Do you do you know why his nickname is Rams? Uh yes, I do, but it slipped my mind. Oh, I shouldn't have uh, asked. Paul Paul definitely knows. Paul knows. And the next time I see Paul Jones, I'll, I will ask him. But uh, there is a there's, a, there's a story. Somebody wrote a story about it. Okay. Well, I need to find that then because I don't I don't know why. I don't know why. It's an interesting name. Like Ram Davis is one thing, right? But it's plural. It's Rams. So like I feel like we talked about it on this. We might have before. Let me Robbie, let me assure you of something right now. My memory is a sieve. Okay, I can barely remember what I what I did Saturday, let alone you're asking me to remember something from. Well, my, mine too. That's why I completely forgot. We, we were married. We have children. I, I have no clue at any given time of what's going on in my life. None. What's what? What? Where am I right now? What are we doing? What are we talking about? No idea. Um, I think we're talking about basketball. Basketball. Let's get back to that then. Jimmy Bell is a guy, you know, I thought Will McNair gave State valuable minutes last year. There were, And there were a couple of games where he really stepped up for State. State brings in Jimmy Bell to fill that same role this year. And now it, the, the spotlight's going to be on him a little bit. This is a guy, though, that you know, he started every game for an NCAA tournament team. He's got plenty of experience. And I think with the talent around him, you know, they don't need him to be Tolu Smith. They just kind of need him to be a, you know... It's five or six points a game, four, five, six rebounds a game kind of guy until they get to that point where he can go back to the bench. What kind of how big of a role can he play for state in the in these early months, especially? Who was that again? You broke up. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Bell. Oh, yeah, I think he's huge. Uh, you have to have him step up. He's got to be better than Will McNair was last year. You and I and, have different opinions on Will McNair. I thought McNair was was good enough last year. I do. I, no, 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 no. I, I think he was fine, but you're talking about if you would have put Will McNair in the game just like at re- replacement for Tolu Smith for a month or two, would you have been felt comfortable about Mississippi State? You know, it's funny you ask that. If you think about like the, the beginning of conference play and how bad Tolu, Tolu was bad the first, what, four or five games of conference play, it took him a little bit of time to get going there. So he was. was he, remember, he, remember, he got benched, or not benched, but he he got he didn't start against Florida. I think it was, or he, he was on the bench for a, a big chunk of that. He played really yeah. poorly against Alabama. He played really poorly against. I'm trying to remember that second Tennessee, and this, so there was a moment there where I was like, you know, what's going on here? So to answer your question, no, I would have I would have wanted Tolu Smith in there at all times. 
But I, I do think that Will McNair was a very capable backup for them last year. He was capable. They also really struggled whenever Tolu was struggling. Yeah. That was a bad part of the schedule. So, like, my point is, like, he needs to be even more elevated than just being a solid, you know, depth piece. He's got to be a guy that that can help you out on the offensive end. I mean, he has to I, – I don't know what the number would be, but he's got to be a great rebounder for you. He's got to be able to score when you need him to. And I don't know. I mean, last year he averaged under five points a game. So I would say he definitely needs to be better than that. I mean, I yeah. think what's – a, what's a number, eight or nine? As a starter, yeah, maybe closer to eight or nine. But, I mean, if he's at five or six with five or six rebounds a game, yeah, I, because I think I can get more from the other guys than I was getting a year ago, it might be okay. I think you can get more out of Moore, Davis, Hubbard, Taylor, Jeffries, and Matthews so that if, if Bell isn't a guy who provides a ton of offense, you can get through that. Maybe I'm wrong on the rebounding idea where I say it's only five or six. Maybe you need him to be closer to eight or nine rebounds a game. But I, I don't know how much offense he really has to give you if the other guys can do what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's the truth. I mean – Basically, you're going to have to lean more on your guards through the stretch. Mm-hmm. It's it's not fair to say Jimmy Bell needs to come out and give you 16 points and nine rebounds a game. You know that you're not going to get Tolu's production, right? But can he give? Can he make it to where you know defenses aren't totally pushing everything on the outside of the arc and making you shoot three pointers and things like that? Can he balance the floor a little bit? That that's what you're looking for out of Jimmy Bell this year in the first part of the schedule, and you are, like I said, you are going to have to lean on those players a little more. Josh Hubbard, Andrew Taylor, Shaq Moore when he's back, obviously Deshaun David. Those guys are going to have to play a more prominent role this year. Last year, when teams keyed in on Tolu, they weren't able to beat teams like that, or if they did beat them, it was painful. It was tough to get to that yeah, win. Yeah. This year, they're going to have to hit some big shots. They're going to have to make some big plays for you offensively. The The question becomes this, then. When Tolu's back, and, and you know, maybe we can talk about it in terms of if Tolu hadn't been hurt, what is this team? I mean, can they be an elite team? Can they be a top, not, not just top 25 team, a top 15 team? A team that you're, you know, is not on the bubble at any point. You know, once once Tolu gets back, can they sort of secure where they need to be in the NCAA tournament? And then you're just spending the whole season wondering about seeding. The the first part of the schedule has kind of, you know, what's happened here with Tolu Smith. It's, it's so crucial. If you have a rough non-conference slate, if you lose four or five games, it's going to be an uphill battle in conference play. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of the issue is what are, you, what are you going to do in the first part of the schedule to stay above water? That that's It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter, you know, how ugly a game is. You just have to win ball games here in this non-conference slate. And – if they're able to do that, I really like this team moving forward. Had Tolu been healthy, 
you know, I think this could be a special year, but I, I think this has definitely muddied the waters a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I, I, I think we'll learn a little bit on Wednesday and then moving forward when Shaq's back, you'll learn a little bit more. So it, it's all about survival here early. I will say that if if it's not about survival, if they can thrive a little bit in this non-conference, when Tolu gets back, this team is going to be hell on wheels. They're, they are going to be a team that nobody wants to play. They're going to be a team that battles for not just seeding in the NCAA tournament, but top four seeding and a real opportunity to be a, a force in the NCAA tournament. Um, be interesting to see how, how quickly Tolu comes back. My official prediction for this team is a tournament team, no question about that. I think they can make the Sweet 16, but I, I, I can't do NCAA tournament predictions, especially with the men, right? Because it is just so unpredictable. And every year, you're, I mean, you're seeing more and more of these lower seeds find their way to win. You saw the Final Four last year and, and the craziness and the teams that they brought into there. I'll just say that this team is, has a great, great opportunity to be a second weekend team. Yeah, they do. But it's, you know, it's, it is just about kind of getting in, but you don't want to be in the position that you were in last year when you kind of dug yourself in a hole with the first part of the SEC schedule mm-hmm. and you're kind of fighting that. I mean, they had to be great in the back end just to get into the first four. Yeah. So um, they do have that opportunity. Yeah. But it, you need to make life make easier for yourself this year. Yeah. We'll see if they can do it. All right. Men's basketball starts tonight, 8 o'clock in the Barstool Invitational. Mississippi State versus Arizona State. You can watch that game on any Barstool social media channel, uh, I believe. Uh, so you just go to Barstool Sports and uh, and you'll find it. Um, and yeah, we'll be back to normal on the, uh, the rumblings next week. Tomorrow's show, we'll talk a little bit more about Mississippi State, Texas A&M. Plus, since there's a game tonight at 8 o'clock, that means the first appearance of future Brian here in this athletic year. Looking forward to talking to him and hearing what happened in Chicago between Mississippi State and Arizona State. Have a great Wednesday, guys. Robbie, I'll be back with you on Thursday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.